You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here, to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, now why haven't I done that yet? Well, this week I'm catching up with some listener mail, so let's get right to it. Okay, well first up is a question from Greg. How has COVID changed your cycling and how are you dealing with it? Great question, Greg. Well, first off, I run a bike club here in Cedar Rapids where I live called WNBC, also known as Wednesday Night Bike Club. And you can probably guess which night we meet every Wednesday. I started the club back in 2003 and it has been literally going since then. It's made up of riders from all the different RAGBRAI teams in the area, people who are just starting out cycling, people who have just moved to the area, as well as seasoned riders as well. Well, because of COVID, we haven't really been able to meet up and do our group rides like we have in the past. Um, Instead of having you know, 40 or 50 riders, we will keep it pretty small and we stay outside for the most part. So if we do meet up, we'll probably grab a roadie or two and stick to a bike trail or head to a park. The rides are completely different than how they've been in the past as far as how many people gather, where we go, how long we stay out. So I would, I don't know, I'd qualify it as a huge bummer. And speaking of bummer, Organized rides are all canceled, and that is huge for me. I do RAGBRAI, and in the past I've done the pre-ride, which is the RAGBRAI inspection ride. Missing those two tours have been huge for me. Um, Each of them are over 400 miles, so there's 800 plus miles just like that gone. The good news is I have honed in my skills at being a solo cyclist, and I've explored new places in my city, I've done a lot more off-road, single track and gravel, and just seeing new places has been a nice change from the past as far as cycling. But in general, I've gotten less miles this year. I have not had as much fun, I'm being honest, and I look forward to being able to be part of organized rides and group rides again. I hope it comes back. (laughs) Let's hope in 2021 we can do that. Okay, next up from Cindy, she's got two questions. First up is, how many bikes do you have? And then the next question is, why do you have so many bikes? Well, okay, Cindy, I don't know. This is a hard question because my simple answer is, why not have so many bikes? As far as how many bikes do I have, I'm just going to say there's always room for one more bike. And why do I have so many bikes? Well, Again, why not? Um, I've got a bike for touring. I've got a bike for gravel. I've got a bike for single tracking. I've got a, a fat bike for winter. I still have my road bike for when I used to do races and triathlons, but uh, now it stays inside all the time and it's on my trainer for when I do Zwifting. But the honest answer is I don't know how to part with a bike. I still have a bike that is a single speed that can turn into a fixie. I probably haven't ridden it for four or five years, 
but it's 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 similar to like having clothes in your closet you know I might wear it again someday so same sort of thing with a bike I may get back into triathlon someday. I may need to have a single speed bike at some point. So I haven't parted with them. If you can help me figure out how to part with a bike. I have a friend who hopefully listens to this podcast and she still regrets the day that she sold one of her bikes because now, of course, she wishes she had it. Uh, That's always in the back of my head when I'm thinking about getting rid of a bike. So I'm sorry, Cindy. I'm not going to tell you how many bikes I have. There's always room for one more. And I have them because I love to have a variety of bikes. So Gretchen doesn't really have a question, but I love it. She says, I'm doing my first bikepacking trip in November. I'd like your tips on camping gear. Well, the fact that you're doing a trip in November, um, my first thought is cold weather. I'm not sure where you are, Gretchen, or where you're going to be biking, but in a good part of the United States, it's going to be cold or cool in November. So my first tip is do not skimp on warmth. I made the dreadful mistake of not bringing warm enough sleep gear when I went to Colorado. And if you tune into that episode, you will know that it was a terrible mistake of mine. So I did a bikepacking adventure a couple weeks back, just one overnight, but I did not skimp on warmth and I did not regret that decision. I had this huge sleeping bag that takes up a ton of room, but I didn't care. I still took it, and I slept really well that night in the cold. (laughs) Okay, second tip, pack only what you'll use. And you have to really be honest with yourself. Like, you can wear the same thing multiple times. Do you really need a pillow? Do you need four pairs of socks for four days? You don't. Plan to wear the same thing multiple times. You can use your clothing to pile up underneath your head and use that as your pillow. As far as socks go, try to just take two pair, the pair you're wearing and the pair that you have packed in case the pair you're wearing get wet. And also think about layers. You can wear your base layer plus a long sleeve plus a jacket instead of bringing your puffy coat. Or you can wear several layers of wool instead of bringing a cotton shirt that will get wet and then make you cold. So always think about layers. And my last tip would be to pack up what you think you're taking. And although you're going to dread it, unpack it and repack it several times so that you know what you have and so that you give yourself another chance to not take something that you're not going to use. It's a huge thing when you get back from a bikepacking tour or bikepacking trip and you go to unpack your things and you're like, oh my God, I forgot I had this or I didn't even wear this and it took up so much room. So things to think about and hopefully you have a great bikepacking trip, Gretchen. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Okay, Dawn says, what do you do when you can't keep up on a group ride? Oh man, this has definitely happened to me many times. And the first thing I'll say is, If you can't keep up on a group ride, my choices are either to be first and set the pace or be last and just be okay with falling behind, especially if you know where you're going. 
I mean, if you can still see the the rider in front of you, it doesn't matter if you're a quarter mile behind or a half mile behind, you, you're still going to end up at the same place. And there's probably a chance that they're going to regroup and you can catch up at that point. Also, if you are first, you can set the pace. So, you know, if your average speed is slower than the fastest person in the group, if you're in front, they have the opportunity to pass you. But a lot of times when you're in the front, you're setting the pace and people will stay behind you. So you're not going to get dropped. You're not going to get lost, those sorts of things. Now, if it's something that happens every single time you're in that group ride, you probably need to find a new group to ride with or work on your personal skills to increase your speed and get stronger and faster so that you can keep up. And both of those are okay. Ashton wrote in and said, what's your favorite post-ride snack? Ooh, this is a good one. So if I'm on a solo ride, I have a favorite snack that's different from when I'm on a group ride. So on a group ride, it's pretty much going to be an alcoholic beverage of some sort when we get done for the day. I like a good vodka lemonade or a beer is just fine as well. Now on a solo ride, it's a completely different ball game. And my solo ride post snack is the same as when I was running and training. Um, and it is a chocolate milk and a cake donut with sprinkles on it. Mm, yum. A quick interruption to tell you this week's sponsor is Thirsty Pigs, a full-service mobile event company offering beer, wine, spirits, plus catering for any indoor or outdoor event. Check out more at thirstypigs.com. Now back to the show. Moving along, we've got Pete who wrote in to say, tell us about some memorable places you've ridden your bike. All right. Well, I've got three. The first one is going to be the Colorado trip. Episode 55, take a listen if you haven't yet. It was definitely a memorable place, a once in a lifetime opportunity to do the San Juan hut trips. So tune into that one if you want to hear more about that memorable adventure. Um, another memorable place that I've ridden is downtown Chicago. So I am a league certified instructor, which is a program through the League of American Bicyclists. And to do my training, it was a three-day training session that was done in downtown Chicago. So I got to do some rides in downtown Chicago, learning how to lead groups uh, through intersections, through traffic, and it was (laughs) quite memorable. Um, Not to mention the fact that it was cold and rainy while we were there doing our training. I think everybody knows what it's like to pedal in traffic, but that was got my heart rate going pretty well, and I lived to tell about it. Okay, one other memorable place that I have ridden my bike is in New York City. So I did the Five Boroughs Bike Tour back in 2014, and talk about memorable, just being able to go into all five boroughs, to see the Statue of Liberty, to ride my bike onto a ferry. It was so cool. And the best part was that I drove there by myself. It was the year I got my new road bike, my Gunner, and I wanted to do an epic trip. And I had some friends that were going to do it with me. Well, they ended up backing out at the last minute. And I said, what the heck, I'm going to do it myself. Uh, I had other friends that would be there. So I just had to get there all by myself, and it was a blast. Uh, A couple of funny stories. I get to New York. My hotel was right downtown, so getting there was quite a challenge as far as fighting traffic. Remember, I'm an Iowa girl. I get to the hotel and find out that you have to use a specific parking garage, which is several blocks away, for that hotel. 
I get to the parking garage and the guy is super aggressive, you know, get in here, get over here. He's like, we can't park a car that has a bike rack on it. Well, my bike rack was a hitch mounted and it was in there pretty darn good. There's no way that I had the tools. And so I kind of argued with the guy and he's like, just go, go park in your space. And I'm like, okay. So I park in my space and then I realize I have my bike. I have my luggage for the hotel. And then I had all the crap for biking. And somehow I had to get all this stuff like four blocks back to my hotel. So I'm sure anybody that was watching me, A, knew I was a tourist and B, had a good laugh as I was juggling all this crap as I got to my hotel. So then I get to my hotel and I'm up on like the 20th floor or something like that. And any other time I have my bike with me, I take my bike into my hotel room. And the lady kind of laughed and she's like, you can't take your bike into your hotel room. And I'm like, why not? And she's like, it's not going to fit into your hotel room, which I couldn't quite understand what that meant. So um, of course, there are 30,000 plus people that do this five borough bike tour. So there were tons of other people in the hotel doing the same thing. So she had a space for my bike. And then I go up to my hotel room and realize what she meant. I mean, this room was so tiny. The bed was inches away from the open door. It was inches away from the bathroom door. It was crazy small. And it made me laugh to think that there were going to be three of us in the same hotel room. But And then navigating to the start of the Five Borough Bike Tour was also quite memorable. I think I had like three miles from the hotel to get to the start. Um, So navigating through that, you know, through traffic in New York City was an event in itself. And then once you get there, you realize the magnitude of 30,000 people all starting at the same time. Oh my gosh, it was such a fun day. It was a great experience. Uh, I would recommend it to anybody who wants to experience biking with 30,000 people at one time. And also seeing New York City in a different way because all the roads were closed to cars. So we were on freeways and roads that are usually completely full of traffic. So it was a pretty cool experience. I would recommend it to anybody who wants to ride your bike in New York City. Okay, I'll do a couple more questions here. Kent. Kent says, do you listen to music while you ride? If so, what do you listen to? All right, well, there are times when I do listen to music. When I'm on a solo ride, I am typically listening to a podcast, or I do have a fun playlist that I made when I was training for a marathon, and so I will listen to the marathon playlist quite a bit. Um, Or there are times when I also enjoy listening to classical music, and I will listen to that when I'm on a bike ride. But most of the time when I bike ride, I listen to nothing. I enjoy silence. I enjoy just listening to nature. Um, And especially if I'm on the roads instead of on the trails, I prefer to not have music blaring in my ears. If I'm on a group ride, there's usually somebody blasting a speaker. So whatever they have is what I get to listen to. And I'm not going to complain about it. As far as what playlists I listen to, I mentioned the marathon playlist. Most of the playlists I listen to are a mix of 70s tunes. I do have a few playlists that I bring out during solo rides that are made up of songs I know well enough to sing along. So if no one is around, you may or may not hear me singing out loud. Uh, Mostly female artists like Pink, Sheryl Crow, Beyonce, Lady Gaga. And I know I'm not a singer but it's still kind of fun to sing along. Okay, last question from Rochelle. Rochelle says, what's something you wish you could do better? Oh, wow. 
I probably have thousands of things I wish I could do better. If we want to get bike related, bike specific, I wish I could do a wheelie. I know, sounds weird, but I, when COVID first hit and things were on lockdown, I found a online class on how to learn to do a wheelie. And I was hell bent on, all right, this is going to be like my secret my secret skill that I can have and occasionally will whip out and just be riding along and do a wheelie and it's going to be pretty cool. Well, I tried so hard to learn, but I just couldn't figure out the first couple of lessons and the act of trying to do a wheelie, like pulling up the wheel, I just couldn't get everything in sync and it was killing my arms. So I gave up, but I still think it'd be a cool secret skill to have and who knows, maybe I'll start again someday. That's it for this week. Thanks to all the listeners that took the time to email me their questions. Keep them coming. If you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. Please visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out the Morphology YouTube to find videos of some of the places I go with my bike. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. Never regret a day in your life. Good days give happiness, bad days give experience, worst days give lessons, and best days give memories. Think about it.